Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Chico Resch. You are listening to the Let's Go Devils podcast on the Primetime Radio Network. Happy Devils Friday. This is Game Day Live. Live, live from the Primetime Radio Studios here in beautiful New Jersey and Chicago, the home of Mayor Lightfoot. I just like saying that. <laughs> Streaming live on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter Live, and Twitch on the Primetime Radio Network. Devils Rangers tonight. The Devils taking on the New York Rangers at, in the that place called the most famous train station in the world, Madison Square Garden. I think it's a dump. Vinny, I don't know if you know anything about New York uh, news and all that kind of stuff, but are they going to knock down the building? Apparently, that they were supposed to knock down the building 10 years ago. And I think they've got, what, two more years left before the city's supposed to knock it down and build a train station. Did you ever remember hearing about it? To be honest with you, I never even slightly heard of that before. It wouldn't surprise me. It is the only, I believe it's the only rink in the NHL now that's not named after a brand. So that that's always interesting to me that they're like one of the OGs left that, you know, you had the Montreal Forum or Chicago Stadium. They're, you know, they're the Bell Center now or the United Center. They're all named after companies, but where Madison Square Garden is just still Madison Square Garden. But for those of you who are watching who saw Batman last night, you know that Madison Square Garden or in the movie Gotham Square Garden kind of played a major role at the end of the film. You know, I was little interested i was like i hope the devils are as successful in that building as the batman was tomorrow night you know i got a couple tweets lined up in case the devils do play well there but yeah i never heard that about them knocking it down but that would be interesting the place is iconic in terms of the new york knicks and the new york rangers i know michael jordan and lebron james have had some big games there in the nba and it was a big deal for them playing there for a while so but when it's the Devils there, we hate the place. We make fun of it. We call it the most famous train station. And I'm very much looking forward to this game tonight. Devils-Rangers, 
could be one of the premier rivalries in the NHL if both teams were good. Obviously, we're relying on the Devils to become a good team. Um, my worry is that by the time the Devils are a good team, will the Rangers be? Because the Rangers do rely on their goaltending and their older players a little more than I think they wish they were. Panarin and Zabanajad are leading the way, and then they have Shesterkin and Neu, who's a young guy. But we've seen how goalies, they go up and down year to year, you know, injuries, stuff like that happen. So I think the Rangers would feel a lot better about themselves if Panarin and Zabanajad and Kreider were all doing what they're doing, in addition to Lafreniere, Kako, all these guys, you know, stepping up their game. And they, they've just taken a little bit longer to develop. So the New York Rangers are an interesting team if we're putting aside our hatred for them. I see you got the Rangers suck sign behind you. That's always fun. But always you know, good. if we put aside our hate yeah, if we put aside our hatred for them for just a second though, they're an interesting team to follow over the next couple of years because I I do wonder about what they're gonna look like if Panarin, Zabana, Jad Kreider all start to become typical mid thirties players. Is Lafreniere capable of taking the reins and becoming one of the faces of the franchise? Is Capo Caco gonna get back healthy and do what he's able to do or was able to do in his draft year. We all know he's a supremely talented player, but Kako and Lafreniere have combined for less points than Hughes, Heischer, and Bratt all have individually. So, like, the younger yeah. players on the Devils are better, but the Rangers are better as a team because they have better goaltending. Fox is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He's a young guy. The Devils wish they had a Fox, but they don't. So, you know, a game like this is going to be interesting. I'm excited about it. I Someone was in my mentions today saying that um, Georgiev was in net, but I have yet to confirm that from someone. If Georgiev yeah. is in net tonight, that would be huge because Shesterkin has really become one of the top goalies in the NHL. He's my Vesna Trophy winner if the season were to end today. So I'm excited about it. This is what I have to say, Vinny. This is my opinion and my opinion only about Devils-Rangers. I felt that the Devils and Rangers were neck and neck in terms of where they were in the organization in terms of the rebuild three years ago. Devils having a couple first overall picks, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. The Rangers had a second overall, Capococco, and Alexei, I don't care, Lafreniere. But they took two different directions. One pivoted towards experienced coach in Gallant. The Devils kept with the process and building the pipeline, building the pipe dreams. The Rangers made some great trades, and I think the Devils made some great trades. The difference is the trades the Devils were making, we haven't seen yet. They're still developing they're under 20 years old, whereas the Rangers made somewhat of a gigantic pivot when Tom Wilson ruined their season, changed the entire organization. Dolan, we think, angrily put out that press release because of the Tom Wilson incident, which led to the $500,000 fine which led to the ouster of Quinn, the entire Rangers management, and in comes Chris Drury. 
it went to a win now mentality. Whereas even I were, was a little nervous that the Rangers would do what the devils are doing and put the time in and without skipping steps to build a dynasty. So you have two teams that took two different directions. The Rangers are benefiting now. You look across the river, they're doing extremely well with what they have right now. Whereas the Devils, they are on a very slow but steady incline. Yes, there has been setbacks, but the Devils have shown glimpses of offensive prowess Scoring seven goals here, seven goals here, six goals here, five goals here, seven goals, eight goals, whatever. They just need to work on some of the defense and goaltending and turnovers. Whereas the Rangers have some experience, but we're not even sure if their young guns are really developing because they haven't met any of what I perceive expectations in their development. And it's those veteran leaders like Panarin, like uh, um, uh, Kreider, that are leading the team. There's a big question mark in the future. But let's talk about today. The Rangers are ahead of where the Devils are. But I think the Devils' foundation for long-term dynasty is a potentially much better. Again, I say potentially. I like to see it happen in 2025. Because maybe by 2025, the Rangers are have already peaked in their rebuild, while as the Devils on a steady incline to to, to for a championship uh, team. What do you think? Yes, yeah. So another thing I saw was that the Devils they average about a goal more a game than the Rangers which I found extremely interesting because the Rangers are, what, 20 points ahead of them in the standings? But you look at the goalies. The Devils have had this season, we've seen Mackenzie Blackwood not be the Mackenzie Blackwood that we knew. Bernier was okay to start, but then he got hurt. He's not the answer. We saw Scott Wedgwood before he ended up being claimed by Arizona. We saw Gillies. We saw Nico Dawes, who has made less than 10 starts. And I believe Akira Schmid has a couple starts as well. None of those guys can even come close to what Igor Shesterkin has done so far this season. He's the leading Vesna Trophy candidate without a doubt. I believe if you replace the two teams goaltending with one another, the Devils would be where the Rangers are and the Rangers would be where the Devils are. I do believe that. It is very worrisome for Rangers fans that – Kreider, Panarin, and Zabanajad are the only ones on their team truly leading the way in terms of offense. Besides, I'm, I'm talking forwards because Fox is amazing. Fox might go to the Hall of Fame. like He's on that kind of trajectory. Fox is outstanding. If I could pluck any player off the Rangers and put him on the Devils right now, it would be Fox, and it's not close. Um, it's worrisome that Kreider – Kreider was supposed to be traded to the Bruins like three years ago. And for some reason, the Rangers didn't do it when they were rebuilding. Now he has 35 goals. Do we think Kreider's going to have 40 goals ever again after this year? I'm leaning no. You know, maybe, maybe one or two more times. But in three years from now, what are the Rangers going to look like? 
Is Panarin still going to be making 11 mil while only putting up 65, 70 points, which is a lot of points, but you know, for 11 mil a year, it's not really. Um, Zabanajad, he's a really good player, but like how, how's he going to age? The fact that Lafreniere and Kako have not lived up to expectations so far. Now they could explode at any time. I'm not sitting here acting like they can't just come out one year and be awesome. But even a guy like Philip Hedo, he hasn't been what we thought he was going to be yet either. And people used to be like, well, Lafreniere is going to be better than Jack Hughes. Uh-uh. We're not, we're not comparing Lafreniere to Jack Hughes anymore. Now we should start one, like Nico Heischer is better than Lafreniere. I, like I would take Nico Heischer on my team over Lafreniere any day of the week. And, you know, Jesper Bratt, a young guy like that coming out of the late rounds. And I'm not saying the Rangers won't hit on a late round pick like that. They certainly will, I'm sure. But a lot of change has gone on with that organization internally, and they're having a really good year so far. But are you picking them to beat Pittsburgh in the postseason? Are you picking them to beat Carolina in the postseason? Maybe Washington, because Washington kind of has similar goaltending issues. But, you know, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, they're a little bit more well-rounded of a team than the Devils right now, a little more experienced. Um, Philly's horrible. I, I feel like I'm missing a big gun in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Metropolitan Division. Uh, Columbus isn't going to make it. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing goes down. But tonight against the Rangers, the Devils should be able to keep up with them offensively. It's just whether or not they can defend the top guns on the Rangers. And the last time these two teams played, Lafreniere and Kako, I don't know if Kako's not back yet, I don't think. But those two had a really good game. Like they like playing the Devils. They get up for these games. So, but with the way that the young guys on the Devils have played so far this season, um, pretty much outside of Ty Smith, all of the young players have really had good years and should be excited about the way that they're trending. And then you think about someone like Dawson Mercer, who is going to take the next step at some point. Um, yeah. Dawson Mercer was traded. He, that pick was acquired for Hall. And Hall only has like six more points than Mercer. And Hall's a former Hart Trophy winner, and Mercer is a rookie who wasn't expected to make the team out of camp. So, And no disrespect to Hall. He's having a great year with the Bruins, and the Bruins are a cup contender once again. But Mercer, getting him is outstanding. Then you got Holtz on the way. We'll see what happens with Stillman or Muhammad Doolin, Luke Hughes is one of the best freshman defensemen in college hockey history. So if I had to take a team right now or for the next three years, I would take the Rangers. But if I had to take a team for the next 10, I would take the Devils. I really, really would. Yeah. And, again, it's not me being a homer, but the facts are one team took a different direction. And it almost seemed like it was a little bit irrational at the time when I thought – that Quinn, uh, John Davidson being in management, you know, and uh, I forgot who the, the GM was. Um, that all, yeah, all got fired, essentially. I thought they were doing things the right way. They wrote a letter to the season ticket holders saying that, look, uh, we're, this deadline is really a commitment to you, but we're going to have to tear it down a little bit. Like, all those little things, I'm thinking, uh-oh, I think they finally see the light. And then suddenly, boom, it was almost so knee-jerk reaction 
that you know the 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 sequence after the Tom Wilson incident it's paying off now it's instant gratification but I'm not sold that the Rangers are a Stanley Cup contender I'm not sold on that yet and you know uh, again what's going to happen tonight number 1 everybody knows that Madison Square Garden ice it's the worst ice one of the worst ice in the NHL uh, the, just by the design of the building, you're really playing four or five stories up the humidity, all those things, the puck is going to be bouncing around. So how does that affect the devils? How does that affect the Rangers? You know, people will say, Hey, woo, they're all playing on the same ice. Yes. But when the puck is bouncing around, one team has played on that crap ice more often than the other. And the Devils rely a lot on their speed. So if that's going to be a factor, uh, it kind of neutralizes it. Not completely, but it does give the Rangers an advantage there. Now, I think it all comes down to tonight protecting the puck. I think, and goaltending. Uh, I don't know who's starting in net. I hope it's uh, our boy Nico Dawes, Dawes Mania has been going around on the internet. Dawes eat Dawes. Uh, who let the Dawes out? Uh, Nico Paws. That Luigi comment on Twitter that uh, yours truly, at Vinny Parisi, said. Uh, and I, I thought of another one today, only because I was in another studio today. You know what I saw? Devil Dawes. There was actually Devil Dawes right there. And I was like, oh, that is the treat of choice for Nico Dawes. So I think a lot of it is goaltending, why the Rangers have a much better record. I think a lot of it is they have a coach that really has a three-year shelf life. You get instant gratification out of Gerard Glant, and then suddenly he's gone (laughs) for whatever reason. Those organizations randomly too, yeah. Randomly too. The last two times he got fired, it was like, what? Yeah. So it's kind of weird, but right now he's in his first year. So I'd be more afraid of this year than year three of Gerard Gallant and the New York Rangers. So with that, all that being said, uh, I think this game is going to be. I wouldn't say one for the ages, but I think we're going to get an insight of where the Devils really are. Where the Devils really are. Uh, This is a rivalry game. It's against the Rangers. I would expect Jack Hughes to extend his eight-game point streak against the Rangers. You know that the Rangers crowd, you know the New York crowd, they're pretty obnoxious. That's okay. But I think Jack Hughes lives for that moment. Um... Uh, another man in the news that's been making headlines about possibly being traded is uh, Jesper Bratt, uh, ever since Frank Saravalli, who is a credible reporter, by the way. Uh, Frank Saravalli has sources. He knows a lot of people in the league. So anytime he puts out something, you have to take it seriously. I'm not saying Frank Saravalli is right. I'm just saying you have to take him seriously because he's a credible reporter. Um, and... You know, putting that out there, the more I thought about it, Vinny, and I'll probably jump on the bandwagon on pucksandpitchforks.com, 
and write something about it. If there's ever a time to trade Jesper Bratt, it's probably now. I'm not saying to trade him, but I would love to see the kind of offers that what other teams value him for the very reason is if you're going to re-sign him, you know what he's truly worth. Because it's kind of hard to appraise what kind of long-term contract you would give to Brat. So one way to just test the litmus test is just to entertain offers. If another team is offering you uh, two first rounders and, uh, you know, whatever, then, you know, he's worth a lot of money. Uh, but if another team is only offering you a fourth rounder, yeah, you're still ahead of the game because he is technically a six, uh, six rounder when he was drafted. But that just tells you, hey, I'm not going to offer you more than uh, $6.5 million a year long-term contract. Um, you get what I'm trying to say, Vinny? Like, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to entertain offers, but – at the same time, you know, you got to really be realistic in appraising the value of these players because that salary cap may be an issue for the Devils three three years from now when you have to start paying these young players that are in the system. And you don't want to put yourself in a cap strap position where you sign Jesper Bratt to a nine-year, I'm sorry, nine-year, a nine-million-a-year, five-year deal, and by year three, he's only producing – uh, 15 goals and 20 assists a year. You got to be careful of that because then you got cap problems. Yes, I agree. Uh, the only way I would trade Brat is if it was for like a high quality defenseman or a high quality goalie and maybe a first round pick. I mean, I, I don't think it's easy to trade him right now because like you said, his long-term value is very much up in the air still. This is his first year with point-per-game production. So the question remains, can he keep it up? You know, we believe Jack Hughes can keep it up because he was a number one overall pick. He had the heavy pedigree as a prospect. Brat didn't have that. Brat worked slowly and surely to get to where he's at right now. The thing I like most about Brat, though, which makes him a little bit more valuable to me, fitting in with this team, is he has shown the ability to play on the wing with both Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. It doesn't ma- and Dawson Mercer for that matter early in the year when it was Mercer with Brat. So you know, his ability to play on all three scoring lines or any of the three scoring lines that they might come up with over the years. I like Mercer on the wing with Heischer and Brat too. Um there are so many different ways they could go about it with Brat in the lineup. Brat fit in with Hall during the MVP year. So his flexibility is something I really like. And other teams might not get the same results, you know, from someone like Brat playing on, you know, their top two lines. Like, would he be able to play with both Crosby and Malkin? Would he be able – I mean, maybe. Those two are insane examples. But you get what I'm saying. His ability to play with both has been interesting. Like, there are a bunch of wingers on the Devils who were great with Heashier but sucked with Hughes. or were great with Hughes, but sucked with Heischer. Like, Goose, like a great example is Gusev. Gusev didn't fit on the New Jersey Devils at the end, but in his first year when he was really good, he was horrid with Heischer. But for some reason, when he played with Hughes, he had a lot of success. So, the, you know, or no, I have that backwards. He was a disaster with Hughes, and he played pretty well with Heischer. So 
it's all about chemistry, and Brat seems to have chemistry with everyone. He plays well on the power play. So trading him is a tough concept for me. They would need to get something really nice in return. Yeah, and I'm going to make a statement here as well that Brat, he's got some leadership intangibles that can't be taught, right? You know, can't be taught. And he's obviously a well-respected leader on the team. And those kind of intangibles somewhat makes you untradeable. Because you know, you don't – I've always believed culture, team culture, is underrated. Again, it's something that the analytics and stats people will never talk about. But if, you're, if you have a leader like Brat in the locker room, uh, you can't replace that. You, you you simply don't. You could possibly get another player that 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 exemplifies leadership, but you're not getting the same kind of player like you're getting out of Jesper Bratt. And this is something he wanted. This is something he worked on, and that's what possibly makes his trade value so high with the Devils. Now it's just a matter of okay, when you appraise all that, but. I'll give you another player years ago that was all effort, gritty, and had the leadership, but he was never the number one player on the team. His name is Rod Brindamore. Back in the day when he played, he played for St. Louis, the Philadelphia Flyers, and eventually winning the Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes. And Rod Brindamore was always behind Eric Lindros, Keith Primo, you know, on the on the on the on the Flyers, uh, you know, even in uh, Carolina, he was, you know, it was Ron Francis's team, you know, and it, but he was the captain, and you know, I think Brat is somewhat like that player. He doesn't have to be number one, but he he definitely fills that role where it takes the heat off of Heischer of having to be the only one setting the, you know, the captain-like example. He wanted to be the core leadership. He didn't say he wanted to be the number one leadership. And I think those, you can make a case of not trading Jesper Bratt, but at the same time, from a skill standpoint, you can definitely get a first rounder out of him. But I don't think any other team is going to offer it. Not because he's not worth it. I think it's strictly because it's too, too high of a price to pay that somebody that is not at a Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby esque level, if you know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. You, If you're going to trade him, if you're the Devils, you got to get something great in return for him. And I'm, I'm not certain that that would be the case. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch him continue growing with the Devils. I think he could, you know, score 30 goals and have 70 points and be a great winger with the top two centers. Um, you know, like you said, you can't teach leadership. You can't teach some of the things he brings besides the offensive ability. And when he's out there, you have a feeling that something great could happen, especially when he's got one of his two great centermen. So I like Brat. I would keep him around. 
Yeah, and uh, just reading some of the comments, cellular therapy, Brat would all but guarantee a team like Colorado the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I see I see the sentiment. There's no guaranteeing the Stanley Cup, though. The best yeah, team hardly I mean, ever win. I mean, a lot of it is luck. Puck bounces the wrong way or goalie accidentally trips over the, you know – you know the the broken stick on the ice. I mean, a lot of it. Yeah. You know, but... and with in, with injury fatigue and you know uh, all the stuff that goes into the postseason. By the time you get to the final four, it's anyone's game. Yeah, and another thing, you know, this is a rivalry game, but I've been seeing a lot of tweets from Devils fans that they're like, uh, you know, I used to get excited for these games because a lot of Devils fans are down and out with the results of this season. But there's one thing that the Devils players need to know is it doesn't matter if you're 0-82. You don't lose to the Rangers. You just don't. You have to get up for that game. You got you to gotta figure it out. And uh, I'm, I'm going to look on the, the social media pages before we start making our predictions, see who is in net, uh, who is uh, – what's the starting lineup. Um but uh, they're saying that um, Pavel Zaka will not play tonight. Non-COVID illness, according to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Amanda Stein saying Mason Geertsen, uh should be drawing in with uh, the Devils if Pavel Zaka is unavailable. Um, Nico Dawes is now leading the, the Devils onto the Madison Square Garden Ice, he is the starter tonight. Dawes eat Dawes, Devil Dawes. It's everything we kind of talked about. Vinny. Yeah, I'm happy to see Dawes in net. He deserves it. The last couple of times Gillies has been in net, um, it hasn't worked out in their favor. The uh, Devils outplayed the Blackhawks a lot of the game, and both goalies were bad, and Gillies was just – slightly worse than Kevin Lincoln. So, and the Hawks took advantage of a couple power plays. So I definitely, you know, am in favor of this move and I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. And also uh, another thing, uh, Alexander Seamock, a Leo Scalion Jr. writes, uh, Alexander Seamock holds the devil's record for the most total games played in a season without taking a penalty he played 25 games in 91-92 season and finished the season with zero penalty minutes uh because jack hughes is one of only four players this season who has played 30 plus games and has yet to take a single penalty minute that way to jinx it guys (laughs) i know one of the other four is will butcher too former devil but you know it's almost a lock that Hughes takes a penalty tonight now that this was put out into the the Twitter sphere. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think anybody's talking about Jack Hughes for the Lady Bing Award, but maybe. I mean, if he goes the whole season, what's Jack Hughes' maximum games he could play? Like 50-something, 60-something? So if he does get in that range and he takes zero penalties, I mean, yeah, then I guess you would have to consider him for the Lady Bing Award. Well, I mean, Jack Hughes doesn't take sh- cheap shots on players. 
you know, and anytime he gets, you know, a cheap shot, he just gets up and keeps on, you know, keeps the motor running. You know, yeah. Lady Bing is not a, you know, a softy award by any means. It's just, you know, you play a clean game, really. And, uh, you know, past Lady Bing winners like Wayne Gretzky, you know, it, it's, you know, some players are kind of like, ah, I'll never win that, you know, that's in it, you know. But at the same time is, you know, um, for a coach, you, that's a player that you can rely on that's not going to cost you the game with a stupid penalty. So there is some, you know, prestige to that award. But um, one last question. Do you think fans are way too hard on Geertsen? I don't think I am. I think he's great. I think he's great because, and Chico has alluded to this the fact, and this is why I like Geertsen because it goes against what the analytics people say about why to not put him on the ice. You know, again, there is no metric to leadership and there's no metric to the emotion of the game. And somebody like him could really change the momentum of the game with one big hit or one big fight, you know, and he's a big guy. There's a player on the New York Rangers by the name of Ryan Reeves, who's going to suit up in this game. And he had his little bout with PK Subban during the preseason, or that might even been the regular season. I, I, if it was the regular season, oh, it was early. you mean that fake injury? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's where PK Slewban started. It was yeah, because of Ryan yeah. Reeves and all that. Yeah, so, because he couldn't skate. Know, yeah, on Madison Square Garrison, Garden, nice. Yeah, Geertsen being in the lineup tonight might uh, might come might pay dividends for this team if they're able to. You know, like you said, try and get a big hit or a big fight, try and get some momentum going their way. Um, you know, then when you something like that happens, then you throw the skill guys out there. Maybe Mercer, Hughes, and Brat combine for something nice, or Sharon Govich and Jack connect for something. So, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I have no opinion on Geertsen. Like when he's in the lineup, awesome. When he's not, awesome. Like he's not going to make or break your hockey team. I certainly don't think he's the reason you lose, and I certainly don't think he's the reason you win. He help, he could help you win. He could help you lose. Or, like, you know, there are certain games for everyone. But, you know, he's not Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer or Jasper Bratt, but he's also not, I don't know, who's a, he's not John Scott, you know. Like, you know, yeah. there's value to him to some degree. So we'll see what happens. All right, predictions before we go, Vinny. Predictions. What are you predicting? Predictions, predictions, predictions. What do I think the Devils are going to do? Last night, Madison Square Garden was featured in the Batman. I saw it. It was awesome. Uh, the road team won. So I will go with the road team here and say that the New Jersey Devils win 4-3. to three. I'm talking 5-3 Devils. I like and it. It's, uh, and it's going to be a Jack Hughes empty net goal to seal the deal. Hi, this Please. is Chico Resch. Whoops. You were listening to the. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. I was supposed to. Sorry, Chico. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Chico. <laughs> uh, if people knew how difficult it is to produce and host at the same time. They would understand.
new soundboard. <laughs> Love that. Uh, well, want to thank all those watching. Remember, Devils After Dark, after the game, Scotty Asuris XM, Liquid Metal, and I will recap the game that was at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous train station, due to be knocked down very soon, we hope. All right. Enjoy the game, everybody. Here's hoping that Mason Geertsen takes care of Ryan Reeves. Till next time, let's go Dawes. Let's go Devils. Yeah, let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.